Have you ever been faced with something that requires a little bit of external encouragement or prompting? Now, you have, yeah, thank you. Uh, now, I am no adrenaline junkie. Uh, call me a nerd, call me conservative or cautious or risk averse, uh, call me scared even, I do not care. But I am simply not interested in things like bungee jumping or skydiving. Any bungee jumpers or skydivers here? God bless you. I, you are the type of people who will try to be that external encouragement by telling me that jumping out of a plane with just a backpack on or jumping off a bridge with just a cord tied around my feet is safer than driving my car. And that it's such an adrenaline rush that it's worth the risk anyway. Well... To me, that sounds an awful lot like the devil taking Jesus to the top of the temple and telling him to jump for the angels will protect him. Listen, Jesus said, do not test the Lord your God. So I'm going to go with Jesus on this one and claim that scripture backs up my cautious approach towards adrenaline junkie activities. But there was one activity that I partook in earlier this year that was, at least for me, an adrenaline rush activity. It required a little bit of external encouragement and a, a prompting to get me over the line. Now, I'm not certain if I've mentioned this before, but I recently got married. Thank you. Yeah, okay. Just to clarify, getting married was not the adrenaline rush activity that required a little bit of prompting. But we stayed on a game reserve in Limpopo while on honeymoon. And one of our day outings was to go visit Jessica the Hippo. Now, Jessica the hippo was a hippo that washed up on a game ranger's front porch in a flood about 20 years ago. Just a baby, newborn baby hippo. And our newborn baby hippos, without their mother, don't stand much of a chance in nature. So this game ranger decided that he would hand rear this hippo. And so for the last 20 years, Jessica the hippo has been going out, once she grew up a little bit, going out to live amongst the other wild hippos, as if there's any other type of hippo, and then coming home to her human parents at night. I'm, I mean, it's interesting. I'm not certain how I feel about it. But we went to see Jessica the hippo, and we were invited to feed the hippo. Now, I'm not sure if you know this, but after mosquitoes with malaria, hippos are responsible for the are the animals responsible for the most human deaths every year in Africa. And uh, this particular hippo was only a small one, weighing in at two tons. Small hippo. And when I say we were invited to feed the hippo, I mean, get down on a knee, take a little piece of sweet potato, rub its nose, and put it in the hippo's mouth. Dear Lord, you know how wide a hippo can open its mouth? And the size of the tusks in the mouth. I mean, it's nerve-wracking enough hand-feeding a dog, let alone a hippo. And so, a week into marriage, I very nervously watched as my wife put her hand in a hippo's mouth. Whew. And when she was done, it was my turn. And I said, no, 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 no I'm quite okay. I don't want to uh, steal any of the other visitors' opportunities. They, they, can, they can go ahead of me. But with a little bit of uh, prompting, uh, from the game ranger who had reared her, who said, I'm right here, he's never had any problem before. I stepped forward towards this giant man-eating machine and stuck my hand in her mouth. 
So you bungee jumpers and skydivers telling me that you partake in adrenaline rush activities that are safer than driving my car, I put my hand in a hippo's mouth. And that is definitely not safer than driving a car. And maybe, maybe the external encouragement that you need is something as simple as a little bit of a prompting to get you over the line to participate in an adrenaline rush activity. But perhaps it's something far bigger and more important that you're facing. And like me, when faced with a hippo, you're paralyzed with fear and in need of some encouragement. When we read the story of Joshua, it appears to start off like this. Though a man of valor and integrity as Moses' aide, Moses is now dead. And Joshua is appointed to lead his people to inherit the promises of God and to live out the purposes of God. This is not just a mere adrenaline rush activity. This is a lifetime commitment. This will involve discipline and obedience, strength and courage. Other people are relying on him for their future. And it will require a boldness of faith. He was tasked with leading the people of Israel across the Jordan River while it was at flood stage. No boats, no bridges, but a requirement for faith to step into the promises of God. And God gave Joshua something to do, someone to lead, and something to overcome. And what starts as an encouragement, be strong and courageous, is enhanced and repeated. Be strong and very courageous. And then it is commanded. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. And what God gave Joshua, God gives each one of us today. God gives us something to do, something to put our hands to and commit our lives to. God gives us someone to lead, a family, a business, a church. And God gives us something to overcome, a river to cross and a battle that needs to be fought and won. This is not just a mere adrenaline rush activity. This is a lifetime commitment. The book of Joshua starts by God saying to Joshua, Moses, my servant, is dead. It is not somebody else who is going to fulfill the responsibility of leading the people God has placed under your care to inherit the promises of God over their lives. It is not somebody else who is going to fulfill the responsibility of living out the purposes of God for you. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you. This will involve discipline and obedience, strength and courage. Other people are relying on you for their future and it will require a boldness of faith. You are tasked with leading people across flooded rivers and into battles that need to be fought and won. What is required is a boldness of faith to overcome and step into the inheritance on the other side. God gives us something to do. God gives us someone to lead and God gives us something to overcome. And what starts as an encouragement, be strong and courageous, is enhanced and repeated, be strong and very courageous. And then it is commanded, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. What sandwiches the encouragement is the promise of God. The reason for and the means by which we are to be strong, bold, and courageous is the promise God makes. And that promise is that God is with you. 
God will never leave you nor forsake you. And the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. God said, Joshua, I will be with you. God said, Joshua, I will never leave you nor forsake you. God said, Joshua, the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. And God speaks today. My son, my daughter, whom I know by name, I will be with you. My son, my daughter, whom I love, I will never leave you nor forsake you. My son, my daughter, whom I rejoice over with singing, I will be with you wherever you go. God is not a distant dictator or an absent father. He is with us. Jesus Christ, Emmanuel, God with us. He came as the ultimate Joshua, the one to lead the children of God through the waters of baptism in the Jordan River and into the inheritance of the promises of God, the true promised land where God's presence came to dwell with his children as heaven and earth are reconciled. The kingdom of God come near. Jesus promises to not leave us orphaned or abandoned, but promises his presence with us and in us as a seal of our salvation, the deposit guaranteeing our inheritance. God is with us. This is the promise of God. And this is how we stand strong and courageous, ready to boldly live out the purposes of God and to lead the people of God to inherit the promises of God. God is with you. This is God's ultimate purpose, to restore his blessing. That is his personal presence in and among all people. Heaven and earth to be reconciled, the kingdom of heaven to come near. The story of the Bible is about the unification of heaven and earth. God's presence of peace and, and love and healing and hope for all people. This is what Jesus came to fulfill as the ultimate Joshua. And this is what Jesus invites us to continue in. Joshua was picking up the mandate Moses had given to him. But ultimately, Jesus fulfilled that mandate of, of bringing the people of God into the promises of God and re reuniting God's presence with his people. And now Jesus passes on that mandate to you and to me. He invites us to partner with him to fulfill his purpose and to share his presence and his promises with all the world. Joshua was leading Israel into the promised land to be a nation showing God, showing other nations the light of God, to be a kingdom of priests representing the love and the wisdom of God to all nations. And we are commissioned likewise to be a holy nation, a royal priesthood, to represent God to all the world and to declare the wonders of him who brought us out of darkness and into his marvelous light. It's this partnership with God to be a blessing to all nations that, is, that required Joshua to be strong and courageous. And it's this partnership with God to be a blessing to others and to all people that requires us to be strong and courageous. But it is the promise of God's presence, the presence of peace and the provider of purpose. That is what gives us strength and courage to live out that calling. What enables us to do great things? God is with us. Before Israel entered the promised land, Moses pleaded with God not to send him and the people of Israel unless God went with them. And when Jesus ascended, before he ascended, he said to his disciples, don't go anywhere until 
my presence comes upon you. It is God with us that enables us to do great things, that empowers us to be strong and courageous. Scripture tells us that God is love and that perfect love casts out all fear. When we are faced with the big challenges of life and life has got challenges far greater than facing a hippo, God has called us to conquer life's challenges. Our confidence is not in ourselves, but in the presence of the perfect love of God with us, which casts out all fear. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. And Scripture tells us that it is God who works in us to will and to act to fulfill His good purpose. God is with you. Let's take a look at the key text in Joshua chapter 1. It begins by saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you, you and all these people, get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give you. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. This scripture shows us three promises of God. I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will never leave you nor forsake you. And the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. The scripture shows three exhortations of being strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and very courageous. And then have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. The scripture shows us three methods to employ in order to obey God's commands. To teach God's law. Contemplate God's law. And do God's law. And the scripture shows us three things to inherit. Every place you set your foot. The land I have promised you. And success wherever you go. God makes promises and gives assurances. But then God asks something of us. God promises he will be with us and God assures us the outcome of our obedience. But wedged between God's faithfulness and his promises is an invitation for us to act. There is the invitation to steel ourselves with courage and with strength because God is with us. And then there is an invitation to do something in order to inherit the promise of God. We do nothing to earn our salvation. That is complete in Christ. But having God's presence with us and our ultimate promised land secure in Jesus, God invites us to inherit and establish heaven on earth, here and now, in partnership with Him. So, what are the three things God asks us to do? He says, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Now then, you, 
Act with boldness and courage to inherit the promises God has for you. I will be with you. And the first action God asks of us is to surrender. Now, as counterintuitive as that sounds, and perhaps as anticlimactic as that is, our ultimate act of strength and courage in response to God's presence with us is to surrender. Jesus, who was the true Joshua, the strongest and most courageous man to ever live, God himself with us, God in person, chose to use his strength and courage from having God in him and with him to surrender. He said, Father, not my will, but your will be done. Jesus showed us that the greatest act of strength and courage is to surrender to the will of the Father. God's instruction to Joshua to be strong and very courageous comes with an explanation why. God says, you'll need to be strong and very courageous in order to obey all the law of God and not turn from it to the right or to the left. God says, you'll need to be strong and very courageous to keep the, the word of the Lord always on your lips, meditating on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. It, it doesn't require strength and courage to admire the word of God. It doesn't even require strength, of courage, strength or courage to read and know the Word of God. But it requires strength and courage to do and obey the Word of, of God. Thank you. What does that look like? Doing and obeying the Word of God. Jesus said simply, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Loving God with all we have, not turning to the right, not turning to the left, but remaining obedient to God requires strength and courage. Loving others as Christ loved us, which is doing the word of God. Laying ourselves down in sacrificial self-giving love requires strength and courage. Surrendering to God's will requires strength and courage. And it is only possible because God is with us. So how do we remain in God's will? And how do we maintain the surrendered posture of Jesus to the Father's will for our lives? Romans 12, 2 says, do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. How do we know something is in God's will? We test it. Do not turn to the right or to the left, but meditate on God's word day and night so you can attest, so you can test and approve God's will and be careful to do it. When we remain in God's word and when we remain constantly surrendered to God's will and obedient to him, we will more readily know and more easily be able to test and approve whether something is in God's will or whether it is not. And how do we put this into practice in everyday life? Well, following Jesus' example is a great place to start. When Jesus quoted the greatest commandment, he quoted from Deuteronomy 6, which is what the Jewish people call the Shema prayer, a daily practice, which Jesus would have done. It says in Deuteronomy chapter 6, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give to you today are to be on your hearts. 
impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. This is daily devotion to the Lord. Daily sharing the Lord with your children. Daily having the word of the Lord on your lips. Starting and in, ending each day in prayer. Daily carrying the, Lord of the, God, the word of the Lord with you wherever the road leads you. Daily having the work of our hands as unto the Lord. Daily having it on our minds and covering all of our lives. This is a daily practice of the posture of surrender, which Jesus practiced. Surrender is not weak. Surrender is what we do with our freedom. Freedom that is uh, forced surrender, rather, is slavery. But we have been set free. Choosing to surrender is obedience. And Scripture says obedience is better than sacrifice. Surrendering in obedience to God is preparing to always do things God's way. As the old saying, saying goes, proper preparation prevents poor performance. Surrendering to God's will is proper preparation for purpose. We are invited to fully obey God and trust Him with the outcome. God says when we do this, when we surrender to His will, to love and to obey Him in response to His love, to love others in response to His love for us, then when we do this, we will be successful wherever we go. And success in God's kingdom looks very different to how we would describe success in this world. God invites us to surrender for success, for success is found in service. Surrender precedes service. Obeying comes before leading. If the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and therefore our strength and courage gained from God being with us is firstly used to surrender, then, and that surrender to the will of God, then the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. God's strength and courage is to be used secondly to serve. God's encouragement to Joshua to be strong and courageous was followed by the why. Be strong and courageous for you will lead these people to inherit the promises of God. You are called to lead a people into the promises of God. An inheritance awaits. Be strong and courageous. Lead with boldness and courage. And this leading looks like service. I'll repeat what I said earlier. As counterintuitive as that sounds, almost as anticlimactic as it is, our ultimate act and strength, uh, of strength and courage in leading others alongside God's presence with us is to serve. Jesus, the true Joshua, the strongest and most courageous man to ever live, God himself with us, God in person, chose to use his strength and courage from God's presence in him and with him to serve. Jesus said, the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus showed us that the greatest act of strength and courage we can use from having God with us is to serve others humbly in love. This again is not weakness. We read in John chapter 13 that when Jesus modeled the servant leadership by washing his disciples' feet, he did this not out of weakness. 
but out of strength and confidence in God. John 13, 3 says, Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. That is great strength and confidence. And what did he do in response? So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing and wrapped a towel around his waist and began to wash his disciples' feet. Serving in humility is having great confidence in God and follows the example of Jesus. Philippians chapter 2 encourages us to have the same mindset as Christ in our relationships with one another. That is, in humility, value others above ourselves, not looking to, to our own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. To, like Christ, not use God's presence with us to be used to our own advantage, rather to take up the nature of a servant, knowing that when we humble ourselves before God, He will lift us up in due time. Galatians encourages us not to use our freedom to indulge ourselves, but instead to serve one another humbly in love, to bear one another's burdens and therefore fulfill the law of Christ. God is with you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the promises of God. And we do so through service. What does that look like practically? Ephesians tells us, husbands, Love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Man, God be with me. That takes strength and courage. Parents, do not exasperate your children. Rather, bring them up in the training and in the instruction of the Lord. That's a repetition of the Shema prayer. Children, honor your father and mother so that it may go well with you. Business owners and bosses, serve those you lead as Christ serves you. For ultimately, we are all under his leadership. Employees, serve your work and your bosses wholeheartedly with respect and sincerity as those serving the Lord. This is how you will lead yourself and others to inherit the promises of God. Serve others humbly in love. And finally, after you have done all this, to stand. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. God said to Joshua, no one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life, for I am with you. God is with you. Jesus Christ has set you free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be enslaved again. Edmund Burke famously said, the only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing. That is an invitation to stand. Take a stand for your marriage, the promise God gave you. Take a stand for your children, the inheritance God gave you. Take a stand for your parents, your families, those whom God has given you. Take a stand for your work, for your business, your church, your city, your country, your continent, your world. Take a stand for where God has placed you. Ephesians 6 says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand firm then. It takes 
the strength and courage obtained from knowing that God is with you in order to take a stand. It requires character and resilience, perseverance and endurance. It takes strength and courage not to turn to the right or to the left. It took Joshua strength and courage all the days of his life, not just a once-off adrenaline rush bold, type of boldness, but a lifetime of commitment for him to be able to say in his old age, if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for your day, yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Take a stand for your faith. Taking a stand with strength and courage is not aggressive. As Joshua said, it is serving the Lord. Jesus took a stand for God by surrendering his life. And Jesus took a stand for us by serving us, by laying down his life. God is with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous. Surrender to God. Be strong and courageous. Serve others humbly in love. Be strong and courageous. Take a stand for your faith and for your family. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. God has declared he will be with you. And God has commanded, be strong and courageous. Our strength and courage is needed to surrender in obedience to the will of the Father. Our strength and courage is needed to serve one another humbly in, in love. And our strength and courage is needed for us to take a stand for our faith and family. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. The responsibility of freedom is to lead, is to overcome, and it is to inherit. Success and inheritance is found in partnership with God. His presence brings peace. His partnership brings courage and his perfect love breaks all fear so that we have the boldness to surrender to him, to serve others and to stand firm. Have I not commanded you be strong and courageous? Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Life is hard. Life is full of challenges. There are obstacles to overcome Battles to fight, mountains to climb, losses to grieve, and victories to be won. But our God is not distant, our Father, not an absent one. He has promised to be with us. Jesus' final words in the Gospel of Matthew are, Behold, I am with you always, and even to the very end of the age. God has proved to be with us in His Son, Jesus Christ, Emmanuel, God with us. And he has sealed that promise by the presence of his spirit within us. This is our confidence that God is with us. He will never leave us nor forsake us. And he will be with us wherever we go. Therefore, be strong and of good courage. Surrender to God's will and his ways. Practice obedience. Be strong and very courageous. Lead these people. The people God has placed in your care. Husbands and wives, parents and children employers and employees. Lead them to inherit the promises of God for their lives. Only do so through service.
Has God not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Nothing can stand against you, for God is with you wherever you go. And if God is for us, who can be against us? If you're able to, will you please stand with me so, so that we can close in prayer. As you stand to close in prayer, our ministry team will come forward. We have the invitation for personal prayer available up front after the service. If you're joining us online, uh, there is an online prayer request form that you can complete and one of our team will be in touch to contact you uh, during the week. And thank you for being with us today. Uh, there, as I said, there's an invitation for prayer, otherwise coffee and conversation after the service. Let's pray. Father, we are so grateful for your promise that you are with us, that you will never leave us nor forsake us, and that the Lord our God will be with us wherever we go. Thank you that you have proven this through your Son, Jesus Christ, who came to be among us. And now you have given us your Holy Spirit, a seal of our salvation. The same Spirit that raised Christ from the grave dwells also within us. Thank you that you are our very present help in time of need. Father, we pray that we would be strong and courageous in response to your love for us. That you would help us with the strength and courage to surrender to your will, to obey and follow you all the days of our lives that we would humbly serve one another in love, requiring your strength and courage modeled in Jesus. And that having done all this, we would stand and stand firm against opposition, stand for our faith and stand for our family, so that we may declare the praises of your name. He who has brought us out of darkness into this wonderful light. Give us strength and courage, we pray, to establish the kingdom of heaven here on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for being here this morning.